0: women today brought to you by citywing.com for your next flight away hello and welcome to the women today podcast this week we've debated the rights and wrongs of political parties and pram advertising and we've also found out what it takes to run a record label from here in the isle of man but first let's meet one of our guests the very lovely barbara gale Our guest today is a four-times Cleveland medal winner. She founded a theatrical school for young people, was the first female soloist at a Timor Day ceremony and performed as Britannia at the last night of the proms at the Gaiety Theatre for more than ten
1: years. Uh, Barbara Gale, also no stranger to these studios? Not at all. Used to come up here to read out the events when I worked at the Isle Tourist Board, so not a stranger at all. It's interesting, when we started playing um, that song
0: there, your first reaction, which... I have to say, you are incredibly self-effacing. You're just
1: sort of rolling your eyes. How do you feel listening to yourself? That was a bit of a shock, I must admit. But listening to it, actually, I was trying to remember when the recording was done, as it's one of my favourite songs. So I was quite impressed at how good it sounded. And I'm trying to work out just how long ago it was as when I actually did it. But I was quite impressed by that. Thank you very much. And when did you first start singing? Well, unbelievably, I know, but I was four. There's some black and white cine film hidden away in the attic of me singing in the backyard when I was four years of age. My father obviously had a cine camera, which must have been the in thing in the late 50s, and there I am actually singing away in the backyard, and I don't think I've stopped since. So I'm not going to say what age, but a good 50 years' worth of singing. And what is it that you love about it? I think because when you sing, you go into uh, somewhere where you can express exactly how you feel. I am lucky enough to have been trained with a voice that when I do sing, I feel I'm complete. If I couldn't sing, I wouldn't be a complete person. I have to be able to sing. How do you cope with nerves or do you even get nervous at all Oh yes because if you don't get nervous then there's something not quite right you have to have that adrenaline rush to be able to sing nothing would ever stop me going out on the stage if if my name is called I have to go but I've given good performances and I've given brilliant performances you just don't know how it's going to go you are an old girl of the Buchan school what were your school days like Well, I was lucky in as much as the Buchan were very, very keen on music and drama. And because I was good at both, I enjoyed my time at school. I don't think my maths teacher, God bless her if she's still alive, would agree with that, or my science teacher, but I was never any good at maths or science. But the arts, I enjoyed every minute. And so I always loved going to school. And when did you decide that this was something that you wanted to make a career out of? I think probably from when I was four in the backyard I wanted to be up there I wanted to hear the applause I wanted to perform I just love singing so I think it was just in I don't think anybody could have stopped me I don't know where it would have led to I've had to take the path that's that's there for me but I just would never have stopped singing it's just in me all the time you were the first woman to
0: win four Cleveland medals, an incredible achievement, um, something not a great many of us are going to experience, I guess. Any um, of us No, best. looking at Jeremy <laughs> Casey probably not. Um, just tell us then what it's like to get that
1: sort of acknowledgement. I think the first one will always be the one that I'll remember the most, but um, without trying to sound big-headed, all four of them obviously were very special nights, But the first one, I can remember sitting in the Villa Marina as a very young girl, listening to the likes of Alan Wilcox, Eleanor Shimon, other people who had won them, and thought, that's for me. And so when I got the opportunity, I just had to give it my absolute all. I just had to give it everything I've got. And when they announced my name, I think I almost collapsed on the spot. But I've never been more proud or happy never I just thought I was absolutely on top of the world and there was the Villa Marina clapping and cheering for me whereas as a kid or a student I had done that for everybody else and now they were doing it for me it was the most wonderful wonderful achievement.
0: I also mentioned you were the first female soloist to sing at a Timwood Day ceremony
1: how did that feel? Oh no that was really strange because obviously I don't know I haven't been in the last few years but I still assume the ladies all dress up so the hats the outfit of course my mother was there with me my and the family were there and um you sort of you're in the whole experience of Tinwell day you see all the MHKs all the MLCs it's all um a great big sort of um uh, ceremony for the day and you are part of that ceremony and suddenly it comes to the moment when you're going to sing and you're singing before all your peers, all your government and any invited guests and they're all their eyes are on you. And so you think to yourself, well, now I'm Manx, this is our national day, I've got to let everybody know that I'm the person for the job. And I think, to be honest, some of them did look and think, what a woman? But I thought, well, I've got the hat, I've got the outfit, but I've got the voice and I'm going to let you know this is me,
2: Barbara. Have you ever done a performance where you've come off the stage and thought, you know, I could have done better? And do you beat yourself up about it at
1: all, or just move on? I think every performance you give, you always think you could do it better. I, I I've always come off the stage and thought, I wish I'd just done. I wish I'd just done. But I was lucky enough in the medals anyway that I was the best on that night. I, I, you know, somebody thought she's the one and at the Tinwald, I just thought well I've got to give it my all and I did whether people sat there and thought I don't know what she's doing here I don't know but I got such terrific support from everybody it meant a very special day that to sing on your own national day
0: something else that was uh, pretty special for you I know was Britannia um, and uh, that was something you did what for about twelve years, it and you are still yeah. recognised
1: for that now. Well, yes, because you and I were chatting, and there was I, I was sat in a very famous cafe, and a lady approached me and said, "You are Barbara Gale, yes, you are the lady that used to do the last night of the proms, and how much we miss you." And I didn't know this lady; it was so kind of her. To say that. I didn't know her at all. But she had remembered those twelve performances that I'd done and they were such fun. They were brilliant. Um, tempted to, are you tempted to revive it at all? I would if Mervyn Stokes asked me. If he rang me up and said, Barbs, I'd like to revive the last night of the proms with the way we used to do it, I don't know how they do it now. I don't I think I don't even know if it's at the Gaiety or whether it's at the villa, I don't know. But If he rang me and asked me, I would dig out the costume, I'd be there. Is a photograph of a slim and toned model in a bikini, jogging with
0: her child, an appropriate way to advertise a pram? Well, Bugaboo certainly thinks so, um, because they have shared the image on its Instagram account. The buggy is part of their new range of prams, designed for mothers who want to run with their babies, and it was accompanied by the caption, Wow, doesn't model and mother of two-year-old Limey look amazing? Now, according to Vogue UK, some people were genuinely annoyed by the image with one person telling the company, we need to talk. And by we, I mean me and whoever decided this is a good way to reach your target demographic of normal, average, everyday mums who might still have some soft spots in their bodies left over from housing a fetus for 10 months. But others have argued, while it may be unrealistic for many women, the image is not in any way offensive. So we want to know what you think. Is this photograph of a slim and toned model in a bikini jogging with her child an appropriate way to advertise a pram? If you haven't seen it, you can go to the Women's Day Facebook page and have a look. Um, Jo, your thoughts?
2: (laughs) She looks amazing, that's to be said, and uh, quite liking her six-pack, but straightaway thought, who on earth would look like that with a baby in a boogie? Um, so I didn't think it was an appropriate way to target at all. Um,
3: I- but it's her baby. It is her baby, her two-year-old child. She does look like that.
2: Yes, she does. She does. And it is a good advertisement for obviously a running buggy pram too. i to um, be honest, I don't I, think I'd be running in a bikini. Just saying. It depends what country it's in, doesn't it, as well? Because it could be in California. Would they do it in peel? No. <laughs> to
3: be honest, <laughs> if I looked it. like that, I would go running in a bikini. I, know, so. I agree.
2: I agree. But I do have to say there's an awful lot of pressure. And I was reading this morning as well that Nice, the health watchdog, have issued guidelines to help overweight mothers to slim down and shed their baby weight. And they've considered that overweight six weeks after giving birth, they need to be given weight loss guidance, six weeks. So, you know, we're talking about pressure on a mother to help to lose weight. And obviously, if they're not losing weight after six weeks, they're going to be given by their GP help and encouragement. So again, it's another controversial argument about do we need to be losing weight immediately
0: after having our baby? And I just think, you know, again, this is another unrealistic image. For many women, you are never going to look like that after you've had children. You know that is just a fact of life. And and surely this advertising campaign—it means it's all about her rather than the pram. I didn't even notice what the pram looked like.
3: But I think it can go the other way because there are obviously women who do look like that two years after having a child. Yes, Beth, you look just like that running with Holly and i Just a, a few um, inches too
0: short—that's
2: the only problem. <laughs> that's that's it. And you've got a three-pack
3: maybe instead of a six-pack. She's <laughs> slightly wonky on one side. No, but I think some women do obviously lose the weight really quickly and do get back down to it. And on the other side, they're being told, well, how on earth did you do that? You can't be a good mother and have done that at the same time. And I feel a bit sorry for those women who get the other side of the criticism. But does it need to be an advertisement? I think the advertisement is. Good. I mean, we're talking about it. People are talking about it. It was shared thousands of times on Instagram. Yeah, we might be talking you know. about it. I wouldn't buy the pram. I wouldn't. Just you know, no. There you go. No. But would you have bought the pram before, or is this is this the only thing that's changed your mind? If it comes with instructions on how to look like that, <laughs> um, Marie, any thoughts?
0: We showed you I'm the
2: picture.
4: Just too worried about what the poor baby being like juggled about in the pram to be honest but they if love you it. To run it you know somebody running
2: they love it but actually i'm more annoyed that the baby is sitting tight and not having a tantrum and legs are kicking and flying out of the buggy.
0: <laughs> and um, we've had some interesting uh, comments on facebook
2: about we this.
3: have people really really disagree on that I'm um, on this sorry and um stacy says uh, sorry Tracy says, jealous, I couldn't run for a bus. Ali says, I don't like it. It's a bit show-offy. Look at my great body. Good for her, but would it work better if she had normal running wear on? Is it the pram that they're trying to advertise? If so, they've failed... But um, Rachel disagrees, saying I'm going to stick my neck on the line here and say that this doesn't offend me in the slightest. Yes, if she was wearing running shorts instead of bikini bottoms, then I don't think it would look as shocking. She is a model. Her child is two, so it's not like it's a newborn baby. And she obviously looks after herself, which I commend her for. Especially for mothers with daughters, it is great for them to watch or be part of their mother keeping fit. It's a positive thing to pass on to children instead of children seeing and hearing their parents constantly weighing themselves or saying they're on a diet, etc. So good for her.
0: Um, Anne has texted in to say, I find the pressure on mums today immoral at a time when most mothers are exhausted just getting through the day. And I think that's not just a, a newborn phase. And certainly, you know, two year olds can be incredibly hard work as well. I do also like the
2: comment on Facebook from Anna saying she looks like someone who may have the help of a chef, nanny, night nurse and personal <laughs>
3: trainer. I, uh, my favourite, Alex Brindley, of course, a new new father, recently my new father, has said, I just can't stand three wheeled prams, the Robin reliance of prams. If you've
0: got any thoughts, women today at manxradio.com or one double seven. And as I say, if you haven't seen the aforesaid mentioned image, you can go to the Women Today Facebook page and have a look there. Are you laughing at my use all of all word, mentioned. aforesaid mentioned. Oh, lovely.
3: Uh, <laughs> Furthermore, really, yes. moreover.
0: Our guest this afternoon can only be described as a bookworm. Uh, Mary Cousins is librarian in charge at the Family Library in Douglas. Mary, did you always have your head stuck in a book when you were younger? I did.
5: I did. And I was read to a lot. Uh, when I was younger too. My parents, my dad especially, read to me a lot and lots of drawing as well. So a bit of a mix.
0: Now most people have got a book that they say changed their lives and we're going to be talking about um, the books that people think we should have read before the end of primary school later. Um, overall though, not just thinking about primary school, any book that you've read uh, recently that's sort of changed your life, changed your perspective on life, what is that?
5: I think lots as a child but mainly as an adult. It would be Birdsong by Sebastian Foulkes. It educated me about the uh, First World War in the way I hadn't known about at all before and it was just wonderful, a real life changer.
3: What did you think of the BBC drama version? Didn't watch it, didn't want to know. (laughs) (laughs) I have such
5: images in my head, I didn't want them spoiled. Are you like that with any book you read? Um, That I want to be protective? No, but usually it's always a disappointment. I think the only book I find that isn't a disappointment is To Kill a Mockingbird, which the book and the film are perfection. I think. Have you read the sequel yet? No, don't want to. Don't want to. Oh dear. I think because what I've heard I I really don't want to know about a book that she might not have published anyway. It seems to me like she might have been pressured into publishing it so I'm thinking "Mm, I'll
0: just keep with her one jewel of a book. When it comes to books that you choose to read, how influenced then are you by reviews? Probably more than I
5: should be in a way, but um, I think personal reviews I pay a lot of more attention to. So even if a book's got bad reviews and someone says, oh, no, you should read it, I'll read it. I'm more likely to go that way. Do you judge a book by its cover? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably too, and that's why I wish publishers would be more inventive, because all the crime has the same cover, all the thrillers have the same cover, and I just don't think it's working. I really don't. I think they should have... Each author should have its own little personality, regardless of the genre. Did you read Fifty Shades of Grey? I didn't. <laughs> I read. I read um, the first chapter, and I thought I cannot read this because I don't like. The- I just couldn't. It's not the subject. Doesn't matter. I can't read her style.
2: Mm, no thanks. It has to be where, in actual fact, as a one-off, the book is as bad as the film. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, just take me back then, Mary. Uh, um, How much of your childhood was spent going to the library? You've talked about how important reading was to you and how much you were read to, but uh, were you a a regular library goer?
5: Oh, we were because we we used to live in Laxey. So it was a a real um, part of your week to come into Douglas and go to the then rural library. And um, my mum would choose her books and we'd go off to the children's section and choose ours. So it it was a weekly occurrence and yeah very much part of what i remember about my childhood
0: how did you decide you wanted to be a librarian when you grew up can you give us your best shush (laughs) i
5: won't say shush because we don't say shush in our library so i'm not going to do
0: that (laughs) oh i've just remembered
2: yeah the that. oh my my uh,
1: oh gosh what
2: i always wanted to do was the kachunker you know exactly date, what I mean the by the kachunker.
0: <laughs> That's it, yeah. It's so boring stamp. these days how it's all kind of done on
2: computers. Oh,
5: well, we still date stamp. You've got to date stamp. Yeah.
0: Well, you went to Balakameen and then Park Road and St. Ninian's High Schools. What was school like for you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that says it all.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think it does. No, I, not my not my um, favourite time. Not the best years of my life, no. Why? Um... I don't know I think I think it's because I was really really bad at maths and things like that and I loved the arts and I wanted to just do art and English and history and everything else I just struggled with is particularly maths because it just wasn't ordinary maths if it was ordinary maths I think I could have survived but as soon as you get into fractions and all that I I was lost at sea basically
0: so um no I think I prefer after school. Well, then you went to the Isle of Man College and then mm-hmm. Kingston College to do a degree in fine arts. As you said, that was really important to you. You applied to do painting but ended up with a degree in sculpting. How did that come about? Well, um, in the first
5: term at college, uh, you, the whole year was split into three groups and you tried each department. So you tried sculpture, printmaking and painting. And um, the painting department was going through a changeover at the time and I just preferred the sculpture. And do you still keep your hand in now? Um, I don't really, because uh, I think really, as you always find out later in life, I should have done um, graphic design, and I do that as part of my job at the library. So I produce all the posters and, like at the moment, the reading schemes things. So I, I do that,
0: so I'm very, very lucky. When you'd finished college, was there ever any question about you settling over here? Um, I, I, I sort of came back by accident really as a lot of people
5: do you come back to so say oh yes I'll, I'll come back to to do this just for a few weeks and then of course you're you're here and i got a job at the manx museum archive because by then the, then you had to do voluntary work um when you were over here so that was good actually work for me uh,
0: the archive i can't imagine a more interesting place to be you must have uncovered some secrets that we don't know about. <laughs> oh well I don't know now. I see that so long ago. I can't remember, but
5: it's a fantastic building because it's got uh, floors that are grids. So if you're up on the fourth floor of the archive and someone puts the light down on the um, bottom floor, you can see right down. So you can't really have um, what's the word? Fear of heights. Vertigo. Thank you. You can't have vertigo and work in the um, Max Museum Archive.
3: Or wear a skirt, I imagine. Or wear a skirt. It goes the other way. Yes, (laughs) Yes. quite right.
0: Well, Mary, you got a job as assistant librarian at the Children's Library in 1991. You've been there ever since. You say Mm. you've been improving and adapting the library to every challenge that has come its way. What has been the biggest challenge?
5: I think, without doubt, it's the last three years and our future because um, we left the government or... Due to the cuts, and um, we were one of the people that got cut, and um, we've been very generously funded, but now we are in a position of now trying to find funding for the next three years. Again, we have partial funding, but there's still an awful lot to uh, to raise. So this is a challenge, a real challenge to come out of government and be a charity. Be, be you know, that is quite something to to get used to.
0: Is there a need for a feminist political party? Well, many certainly seem to think so, and the Women's Equality Party was set up earlier this year in the UK by the broadcaster Sandy Toxvig, with this mission statement. Equality for women isn't a women's issue. When women fulfil their
5: potential, everyone benefits. Equality means better politics, a more vibrant economy, a workforce that draws on the talents of the whole population and a society at
0: ease with itself. Well, the party has six stated goals equal representation in politics and business, equal representation in education, equal pay, equal treatment of women in the media, equal parenting rights, and an end to violence against women. The journalist and author Sophie Walker has been chosen as leader of the new organisation, and here she is. We
6: need a Women's Equality Party because more than half the population is not accurately represented. I decided to stand up because I was tired of not being seen. Um, and I think the reason that I've joined this party is is the same reason that so many people are flocking to us, which is we're tired of seeing the issues that matter to us relegated to a few pages at the back of a manifesto, and we're very tired of being spoken to as though we are a special interest group rather than representatives of half of the population. We're working on our policies right now, um, and we are doing it in the most fantastically collaborative way. We are a new really, truly collaborative force in British politics, and we are working with people of diverse backgrounds, ethnicity, age, beliefs, who are united in the shared determination to see women enjoy the same rights as men so that society can, can really flourish. We have set uh, a series of, in- of goals that we will be campaigning for.
0: A lot of people look, will look at the, the list of, the, of those uh, six key points and say they're all very laudable. Uh, some of them, though, uh, are already covered in law, And end to violence against women, of course. I mean, that, that is illegal anyway. Uh, you, can't, you can't legislate to make it any more illegal. And Equal Pay, David Cameron only last week uh, announced that he was going to force firms to close the gender pay gap to publish what the pay gap is if, if they are large firms. Uh, Haven't great strides been already made on a lot of these subjects in recent years?
6: We have come some way, that is true, but we still have a very, very long way to go. The Equal Pay Act is still not working properly. And uh, as far as uh, violence against women goes, we are still in the position, although this, this, this issue did get onto the agenda much more at the last general election, we are still in the position where Two women a women are a former partner, and, and that's just not acceptable. It's got to stop. It's really been good to see that voters returned far more women to Parliament at the last election. Some say that's, that's progress. We say there is still considerable work to be done when twice as many men as women have a say in what's important in this country. It's really important that women's voices are heard when we're making legislation around issues such as policing or health care or education. We have a different perspective on that stuff, and it's really important that that's taken into account when we're, when we're working on it. What of your other policies? that You just talked about
0: shared responsibility in childcare at home. Again, a, a laudable idea, but, but that's down to society, isn't it? It's not down to government, how families decide how they're going to divvy up the childcare.
6: It's about giving people real choices. The template that we set for parenting is the template that we set for our children. And right now, what we're telling our children is that, by and large, men go to work and women stay at home and look after the children. That's not fair on anybody. What we're trying to do is bring about a situation where people have real choices about how they balance the different parts of their lives, rather than it being a necessity for some and a luxury for others. Do you think you will alienate men? Do you think men will vote for you? Oh I think the men will vote for us. We isn't, we just asking uh, Turkeys to vote for Christmas. <laughs> well, it depends how you see equality. I mean equality is not a zero sum game. You know, it's not like we're saying we're going to have your equality equality spreads you know it's like love there's enough to go around it's, it's this fabulous thing that actually when you when you bring about equality for women you bring about equality for the rest of the society too and, and give people a true chance to really flourish
0: that's the leader of the women's equality party sophie walker well local woman christine cowley got in touch with women today to say she joined this party on the day membership opened so this morning kate gave her a call to find out why
7: I'd heard about it through social media and it just sounded like it really spoke to me. The fact that it, it focuses so much on why women are being held as unequal already in society and what it can do to try and rectify that really made a difference um, in my thinking about it. And I thought, this is something I want to be a part of, this is something I want to be involved in. Was there anything specific that really,
3: really sold it to you?
7: The fact, especially that it talks about equal representation in politics, Politics is so heavily male-dominated and I think it's time that we were given not just a seat at the table but a real voice and able to, to really speak up when so many times I think women are shouted down. I think that's really something that that we need to look at going forward because we're a massive part of everyday life. You know, we're half the electorate. Why shouldn't we be equal in everything? So I'm guessing you think that a
3: feminist party is necessary?
7: Yes, absolutely. I know feminism has become a bit of a dirty word and some people think it means hating and you know, bra burning. But that's absolutely not the case. It is a case of making everything equal for everybody. And then some people say, well, why not be an equalist rather than a feminist? And in this case, you know, the fact that it is called the Women's Equality Party, let's make things as equal for everybody. Gender norms have and gender stereotypes have impact on men as well as women.
0: That's local woman Christine Cowley, who has joined the Women's Equality Party. Okay, Kate, um, I'm going to guess that you think this is a good idea?
3: Um, I don't actually know. I don't know if I think it's a good idea. I don't know if a political party that only focuses on one issue is is necessarily a brilliant idea. But what I do think is good about it is that obviously the Women's Equality Party are raising these issues and highlighting inequality and talking about equality from a position that it's not just about women, that equality is a human issue and that we should all get behind equality. Um, And I think if it highlights those issues for other decision-makers, then perhaps that's more its benefit than, than... being its own political party.
0: I think what what I think is is uh, during that interview with um the party leader Sophie Walker it was raised the fact that a lot of these things are already in law. I mean do we really need a, a party that's completely focused on that? I mean is it really going to be very well received, Joe. Well,
2: apparently men are going to vote for it, she says. Um, I think Beth and I looked at each other and smiled at that point because I can't see that many people, that many men voting for the party. Um, I agree with what Kate's saying and the fact that it's great that it's highlighting these points and I think that has to be acknowledged. Um, but, you know, we, we, we've we talked about this a lot about women representat- representation in politics and it goes back to even our local politics saying, you know, about how women can Possibly do that. I mean, will they were on until what hour in the evening? You know, last week. And how can women perhaps do that? Look after the children, etc., etc. So it is always going to be very difficult to see more women in politics. I really do believe that. The other thing is. Um, I agree with the equal treatment of women in the media. That would be good to see, because obviously we see an awful lot of um, misinterpretation of women in the media about their body size, about their image. And you don't see so much about that from men's point of view, um, celebrities especially, equal parenting rights. I agree. That's down to the parents to decide who goes out to work and who stays at home. I don't believe it's down to the government to decide that.
0: I do worry when we talk about that is that some women who decide that they do want to stay at home, decide they do want to bring up their families and be with their children, can sometimes feel undermined by this, like they're making the wrong choice. I'm,
3: I agree, though. I, I worry about that when we talk about women going out to work and how brilliant it is and people should be equal pay and all that kind of thing. And I think it's incredibly laudable that so many women do choose to stay at home but it's about having options and i also think when we talk about equality in terms of parenting i think it's really important that we remember men in that conversation that also that men can stay at home and make it more equal when we talk about maternity and paternity leave and that's a huge issue and um, that i doubt we're going to fix in a couple of minutes but but if someone can highlight the inequality that Across the board and how it affects not just women, but men and women, which I think the Women's Equality Party, when you flick through their websites or Facebook or Twitter, I think they're doing a really good job, um, despite their name, to talk about equality for everybody and how it can benefit Everybody, I know there's studies into economics and all that kind of thing that show that it would actually benefit every single one of us. Wouldn't it be
0: better then just to be called the Equality Party?
3: Yeah. Would they have got the press? That's yeah, my Yeah, and thought. also I
0: worry
2: this day and age about how careful people have to be. I mean, only in my bikers lesson today, Matty said, oh, and the lady driver that pulled out, he said, oh, no, no, sorry, I can't say that, that it could have been a man, I can't be sexist. And it worries me also that people are very conscious now of how much women have to stand up for their rights.
0: Mary Cousins, would you join the Women's Equality Party? Um,
2: I'm not sure. Because, I, I, again, it's
5: the title, I think, that puts me off. Because I think um, I, I go along with Caitlin Moran, that we're all equal. We're all in it together. Let's be nice to each other. Guys, as she uses the term. <laughs> we're all in it together, guys. And just um, everybody have the same opportunity. And, I, and it is baffling that w- women don't get the same pay if they're doing the same job as men. I just don't understand how for decades and decades and decades of yet. Yeah, yes. This is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. It's still not happening. And if we can't get that one little thing right, mm, it's a, it's a big head scratcher really, isn't it? So I'm not sure. I'm really not sure.
3: When you, uh, you mentioned the name then, and this is something I was thinking about this morning, uh, researching this, I was thinking about us and this program and our name and the fact that we're called women today. And, you know, people have suggested, well, why don't we have a uh, men today? Um, and I, I think it's the same thing. We're talking now about, you know, we often say this is a programme made by women. And when I think about the Women's Equality Party, well, it's an equality party by women. So why shouldn't they call it the Women's Equality Party?
2: And yet look how many men text in and how much, how many comments we get from men as
0: well.
3: Maybe they'll be voted for them. Mm. Mm. Well,
0: if you think there should be a Women's Equality Party over here on the island, let us know. If you've also joined this party, do get in touch, 166-177, or you can email today at manxradio.com. Well, music is such an intrinsic part of our lives, but we are living in a time when it's changing so much—the way we buy it, the way we listen to it, and I'm sure even the way it's produced. Something our guest this afternoon knows something about. Marie Reynolds, along with husband Phil and friends Mikey, Mickey, Mikey, 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 <laughs> and Kelly, uh, run Small Bear Records from here in the Isle of Man. Um, Marie, that is you singing there. Tell me about your band. Uh, that's uh, Postcode.
4: I mean, a couple of other bands as well, but that's the main band. And um, that's a track called Summer from our latest EP. We did like a joint EP. They, you know, there were two set, two different sides to it: a softer side and then the sort of more melodic, darker side. The first one was kind of more poppy, but that's um, that's some from that EP.
0: Do you remember the first record you ever bought? Um, I do. Well, I
4: remember the first record that was ever bought for me, which is less embarrassing. I'm going to go for the 12-inch of Laurel Terrorism Part by Joy Division. That's the first <laughs> record I ever bought. The one that was bought for you? A Little piece by Nicole. <laughs>
6: That's all
0: right. Yeah, That's along with okay. Wired for Sound by Cliff Richard, which I still love. Well, who doesn't love a yeah. bit of Cliff? Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey. Um, well, Postcode, um, which we're just hearing there, formed back in 2005. I'm going to have to ask you this, and uh, I hope you're not offended, but I wonder if you just set up your own label because nobody else would release your stuff
4: no <laughs> I, I don't think so judging no we, the, we actually track. no we actually set the label up to release phil's album like we'd we'd been sort of you know we just used to do um physical releases of the postcode cds uh, and just sell them at gigs um but then you know phil um phil did his own album and i said well why don't we release it online as well you know we got physical copies made up um, with their help from the Arts Council, uh, they help fund that. And then we just, we set up a band camp page for it and set the label up. And it's just grown from there, really. Have you always so, been musical then? Um, not, well, I, my first involvement with music, I've been writing poems and things since I was very young, but my first involvement with music um, was when Phil was recording with another friend, um, band called T And they were recording while I was pregnant and I was always stuck downstairs in the living room, you know, just on my own. So I said, well, can I sing on some of the tracks as well? You know, and that's how I first got involved in it. And that was what 20 years ago, well, 21 years
0: ago now. You always wanted to learn to play the guitar. What stopped you from doing that? I've
4: recently been diagnosed with arthritis a couple of years ago, and it's just—it's physically painful. I can't—I can't actually do it. I mean, some day the arthritis isn't—it's not restrictive in terms of work or anything like that. But some days are worse than others. But just holding
0: the chords down—it's just too uncomfortable.
4: That must be incredibly so,
0: frustrating if it's something you want to do because you are really young to develop something like that.
4: Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have carried, I've, you know, I'm going to keep on trying, but I think it's got to the stage where I don't think I'll be able
0: to do it. You mentioned um, your son and I'm really interested in the fact you say he tolerates your music.
4: Yeah, He's not interested at all. He can play. It's frustrating because he can actually play. He can play bass. He was, after one lesson, he was correcting me on technique and things like that. But he's just not, he's not interested. But, you know, he's sort of, he, he puts up with it. You know, obviously he's he's grown up with it. He's 20 now. Um, and he just, yeah, he, he puts up with all the, everything that goes on.
3: Is your house just constantly full of music and people coming in, playing different instruments and, yeah, and trying things out?
4: Yeah, we've got a studio in the house. And we rehearse in the living room as well. So the living room has got a drum kit and amps and Do you have any neighbours?
2: Mm? Do you have any neighbours? Yeah,
4: they're fine. They actually, the only complaint they have is like, turn it up, please. They are really, really tolerant. We're, we're quite lucky like that. And we always let them know. And we never go past about nine o'clock at night, you know, because it, it's not fair, really. So we, we're good
0: in that respect, you know. You obviously work very closely with your husband. I'm going to slip in a little musical joke here. Is it always harmonious? No. <laughs> Was he saying you sat in it. the corner. Uh, I like the way he no. is sat in the corner. Well, he's studiously reading a book. <laughs> no, it's say. um it's
4: all right actually because we're in a band together as well. I sing back and vocals in his band. Um so when we perform live it's great for me. I don't have to think about anything. I just get up and do what I'm told you know which is a bit different from me having to write my own stuff you know for postcode. Isn't it a
0: bit difficult being in so many different bands I mean how do you know which band you're in and which time I it mean, is does not get a little bit like oh who am I today?
4: Um, no not really because we've got lots of different styles going on you know and the thing is we don't there's not always the same bands going on all the time I and mean, a few years ago we, there used to, we used to be in quite a few different bands but it's just I'm just in the two now oh well Possibly three. <laughs> There's possibly a new
0: one on the way. <laughs> <laughs> we might hear about that a little bit later. Um, you also love walking. You have done the parish walk a few times, including getting to Peel once. Do you have to listen to music while you're doing that sort of thing? No, no, not at all. Just just, just walk. Because it's uh, like it's the atmosphere
4: on the day. There are so many people. Um, you just all feel part of it, you know.
0: So... Um, you're also in very good company here because you do love a nice cup of tea. Um oh, yes. going to be honest, it's not very rock and roll, though, is it? That no, it's image? not.
4: <laughs> but I do like it. <laughs> Don't worry, I like gin too.
0: Thanks as always to our amazing guests. And as ever, it's never too late for you to get involved. Head over to Facebook, find the Women Today Facebook page and you can comment there or you can follow us at MRWomenToday on Twitter and you can listen again to the full programmes on manxradio.com or join us every weekday live from just after two o'clock.
2: Today, brought to you by Citywing.com for your next flight away.